Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So I'm here with Ryan. Uh, he owns Leica, and what they do is they're essentially a payment processing company uh, that exchanges currencies between uh, across the globe. Am I correct in saying that? So we are a uh, company that believes that nobody should give away their data for free. And uh, through that vision, um, we've became um, a company that allows um, our users to pay digitally, where predominantly people pay with cash. So you can think of it a, a bit kind of like an Instagram or like a WeChat type of, of app. But instead... Um, you know, our advertising partners that we've partnered with have told us, you know, how much, you know, they'll pay to show ads to our users, you know, instead of all that money just going to us or like how Facebook just takes in majority of the money themselves, we actually pay all of our users for their content that they post, post online, the time they spend in the app and uh, the data that is um, extremely valuable. You know, a lot of people today, they get spam mail which is absolutely absurd. Um, in the future, you know, people will be paid to check unwanted incoming uh, spam mail. You know, right now, if an insurance company, you know, viewed your lifetime value at a couple hundred bucks or maybe a few thousand dollars, you know, they might be willing to send you $25 to watch a one minute ad to convince you that they can lower your insurance premiums or whatever. Yeah. Um, Currently, that doesn't really exist in many places. And, um, you know, I'm making a big bet that in the future, everyone will be compensated for their data all over the place, whether it's posting yeah. pictures and content and videos online, whether it's uh, filling out surveys uh, to, you know, discuss various products or services or political candidates, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we're really trying to give people their data back. Um, this company has been around for about three years. I joined about a year ago, um, as the CEO and we kind of pivoted, um, from more of a peer play social media to, you know, giving people their data, compensating them for their data. And that. then, you know, once we established that, we realized that all these merchants that are now accepting digital payments, this is the first time they've had information such as their customers' birthdays, how often they show up to the to the restaurant, right? If they, if they show up once a week and all of a sudden they stop showing up for a month, you know, maybe we should send them a, a digital oh. advertisement directly to that consumer. So, so is there, is there a way for the, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry sure. to cut you off, but is there, is there's a way for, for people to pay the restaurant digitally? That's correct. Wow. Okay. So, so, so they come onto our, our social media platform. Uh -huh. You know, they start posting pictures, videos, you know, 24 hour, uh, you know, uh, images, 
Um, and our advertising partners, you know, pay us to target these customers. And, you know, we pass a large portion of that back to, so we're really about economic environment. Awesome. You know, we easily could have started this in the United States. Um, you know, but Facebook kind of started in Ivy league schools and has a lot of features that, you know, have just been purely capitalistic decisions, um, or, you know, decisions that don't really benefit the end user. Right. Um, so today, 2020, we got about 4 billion people on the internet. It took us about 50 years to get to that point. Um, and you know, that's half the world right now in the next five years, we're going to get the other half of the world. And, um, they're coming on the internet for the first time via smartphones. And, you know, we're making a big bet that, um, they're going to search for how do I make money? Um, I think going forward, people are going to be, you know, really searching for ways that uh they can get paid for their passion and that's one of the things we're really pushing for is that you know people you know if you're passionate about photography you know this is a a platform that you can actually monetize this and continually grow it um as as these people uh grow their authentic um communities sure so let me me just clarify so if if a photographer comes on essentially they can get paid through uh your, your portal your app and yes. then on top of that, they'll get paid from advertisers because now they're u- using the platform consistently. Um, That's correct. Dude, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so all the, all, the, all, the, all the ways that we're able to monetize um, the platform, whether it's through businesses um, or through individuals, you know, we split that with our users. So again, we, we, we didn't start in the United States because, you know, I think the average household here makes like $50,000 a year. Um, but in Southeast Asia, you know, people are making between 150 and call it $300 a month. Yeah. Right. So if we can come in and help someone make five, $10 extra a month, you know, we feel like we're making actually a, a we're making a lo- much larger impact in Southeast Asia than we could if we were to do this in one of the, you know, first world countries. I love it. Um, I love it. So, uh, you know, help someone make five, $10 a month and we make an impact, help someone make 300 to $500 a month and we can completely change their lives. And there are many users, um, across social media that make, um, these businesses, you know, thousands of dollars a month. Wow. So, um, yeah, we're just on a journey to give people back their data. I love it, man. I love it. To be honest, like it's just the best. Like, do you think eventually like companies like yours will, will, um, overtake Facebook and, and surpass what Facebook is doing? And, you know, I think, I think there's a world that we can all coexist. Yeah. Um, like I said, if, if you're not really someone who, you know, wants to, uh, you know, follow their passion on a platform like this yeah. where it's like, you know, sharing information, sharing pictures, sharing videos. Um, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing for you. Maybe you want something that's just more informational um, where you're just consuming the content. You know, there's a lot of people on Facebook that just read posts, but they don't actually post anything. Um, you know, so this wouldn't be the best, you know, option for them. But, you know, again, like I said, we're, we're making a big bet. There's another 4 billion people coming on the internet in the next five years. I think all of those users are going to love using Leica. And, um, and you know, I'm just excited to see kind of where the future takes us. Do you think, think like platforms, because, you know, in light of all these things that have happened in, the, in, in recent times, you know, with, yeah. with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, like, yeah. 
how are you, so you're not, you're not, how are you not preventing people like Cambridge Analytica from taking people's data? How are you preventing something like that? So what we do is we anonymize all of the data. Oh. Um, and, you know, so there, it's a little bit, uh, you know, less um, specific, I guess I would say. Yeah. I think we have richer data, but we kind of anonymize all of it. So, um, Is it like you know, encrypted the, or is it? Yeah, definitely encrypted. Okay. Um, but the idea too is that, you know, when Cambridge Analytica was taking people's data, you know, they're paying millions and millions of dollars for this and people didn't know. You know, we're blatantly telling people if you give us full control of your data, you know, we're going to help monetize it with advertisers and, and pay people for their consumption of it. Absolutely. Awesome. And, and how did you initially think of this idea and what, uh, what got you started? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, I was fortunate enough to get hired by a Chinese venture capital company called GWC Innovator Fund. And, um, you know, our, our first LP was from Neil Shen, the founder of Sequoia Capital China. Um, we also had LPs including Tencent, Baidu, Xiaomi, Qualcomm, uh, Didi, Kuaidi, um, and some other large uh, angel investors and, and VCs um, in China. And what we were doing was essentially... Um, you know, working very closely with these companies and understanding what they would want to invest in. And then we went all, all over the world to find companies that we thought would be interesting um, or, uh, you know, companies that we could, we could invest in. So we went, so for three years, we went to uh, uh, Beijing, Tokyo, Tel Aviv, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Bangalore, uh, wow. Jakarta, Sao Paulo. Dang, you're um, really cultured at this point. Yeah, we went all over the place. It was it was a very it was a great learning experience, and you know in each location I was working with top investors, taking a look at their portfolio, seeing if there was stuff interesting for us to invest in, and um, you know during that time I was shocked to find out like how little people made in other countries that were also using social media four to eight hours a day, and you know again you know for people in the United States. Um, you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal to make an extra five, 10 bucks, but you know, talking with these other people is like, they would absolutely love it. Um, and you know, you see a lot of people in these other countries doing work on like Fiverr or Upwork and you know, they're getting paid, you know, uh, $10 for a project and you know, maybe they don't even like doing that type of work. Um, and, um, you know, there was also a company named earn.com. Um, hmm. and, they, during the crypto, uh, the bubble, you know, they were having people that would pay investors to look at their deck mm. and you can either get feedback from the investor. You the investor would answer a little questionnaire. And then if the investor was interested, you know, nice. they get direct contact to, you know, invest in that company. And since then Coinbase has bought earn, I think they bought him for like 40 million bucks. Wow. Um, but that, that really confirmed my thesis that in the future, people won't do things for free. And if you just pay people a little bit of money, you'll be surprised how some people will be, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend, you know, an hour a week um, during my free time and I'm going to donate all the money that I earn by, you know, helping others with their businesses or whatever. 
Um, so that's that was a big eye opener for me. I had had this idea before and pitched it to a bunch of people like, hey, you know, if people are doing business development and they know they can help a, you know, CEO, but they can't get through that CEO, you know, maybe pay him a hundred bucks, you know, and say, hey, you can, give, you can keep the money or you give the money to, uh, to uh, a f- foundation. Oh, I love that. But I want 15 minutes to, you know, five minutes to pitch, you know, five minutes to tell you why I think this is beneficial for you and five minutes for your feedback. And I'll give you hundred bucks or 500 bucks, or if it's a big deal, I'll give you a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if someone's going to make a million dollar commission, <laughs> yeah, why not, why not pay a few people a thousand bucks to see if they'll, if they'll accept. Right. And that was my original idea. I couldn't get anyone to build it for me. So you built it yourself. <laughs> uh, when earned, when earn.com came out, I was like super excited to participate in their beta. Um, I had some friends that actually invested and, um, and, uh, you know, then I met the, the founder of the original founder of Leica and, you know, was kind of telling him my thesis of micro payments, micro influencers, you know, you don't nice. need to be an influencer with millions of followers that yes. maybe pay a little bit of money. But if you have a hundred followers that maybe pay 500 bucks a year, I mean, it's pretty good income for people all, all around the world. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent, and and, and you know, if you make thirty thousand dollars, you're in the top one percent of the entire world. Yeah, I think one. Per, I'm not even sure if it's one percent. Maybe one percent of one percent, or something like that. Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to inject that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually just posted an article about that on my Facebook. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I was I was talking to the original founder. He originally was doing more kind of peer social media, right, and um. You know, I pitched him the idea and, you know, he was a little bit hesitant at first. Uh, we originally met in San Francisco at a conference and, uh, you know, so he, he still wanted to raise capital for the original idea. I told him, hey, look, we're putting on an investment conference in, in Beijing. You know, we have some of the largest LPs in the world that are going to be there. You know, we easily had over a trillion dollars of investable assets um, at the event. And, um, nice. you know, he came out there, he spoke with a lot of investors and I think it kind of confirmed to him, uh, what I was saying. So kind of a funny story is originally he said, Hey, you know what? I like what we're doing. You know, I like what you mentioned. Like, I would love to have you come on as the corporate development guy, help us raise capital, help us find a CEO, help us build the board. And I was like, sure. That sounds amazing. You know, cause I'm really passionate about this Yeah. and, you know, talking to a lot of people, I'm not sure if I just wasn't explaining it as clearly as I can explain it now. Um, Obviously we've learned a lot since I've been a part of the company as well. Um, But you know, a lot of CEOs were just kind of just iffy on it. Um, I I didn't really find anyone that was super passionate about it. And then it just kind of struck me like, man, I'm the most passionate guy in the room about this. I should be the CEO and, you know, talked it over with the original founder and um, I took over as CEO uh, March of last year, um, we had about 30 people nice. uh, with the company and, um, hasn't been a straight line up, but we have uh, 90 employees now. Um, and nice. we're growing really, really quickly. We've been the number two, um, app in the Philippines on iOS. We, we kind of oscillate between number one and number four on Android. Um, so things are going really, really well right now. People really like the platform. We're just going to keep focusing on building out uh, the Philippines. Then we'll eventually spread to other Asia, other places in Southeast Asia, and then eventually go after like the Indias, the Africas, uh, the Chinas of the world. 
uh, before it. we move our way up to go to more of the, the so, richer countries. So now you're the CEO. What led to the uh, to the experience you have now as a CEO? What what gave you that motivation or the confidence to to be able to lead this company? So what was your experience before that? that yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. My parents did a great job of you know, encouraging me to have my own little businesses yes. growing up. There needs to be more pants and, like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, also I'm third generation Silicon Valley, so I got really deep roots here. And, um, I, you know, I think that's definitely opened up a lot of doors uh, for me throughout my career. Um, but I had a little business that I started when I was in high school. And, you know, since I was living at home and basically had no uh, major bills other than my car, um, you know, that business helped me buy my first uh, little townhouse, uh, when I was 20 here in Silicon Valley. And then um, I was actually able to sell it uh, to uh, a really good friend of mine uh, who still runs the business and still re-signs contracts that I set up in the late 90s, which I think is very cool, but also means I sold the company for way too, way too cheap. <laughs> but yeah, that happens. Um, <laughs> You know, so I think I think that always gave me a lot of confidence um, when I was younger. After shortly after that, I was able to go to Sand Hill Road and work for Morgan Stanley. Um, I was in the private wealth management team. Uh, we were dealing with clients that had fifty million dollars or greater uh, to invest. Um, you know, we had a lot of uh, CEOs and executives from all the major tech companies here in Silicon Valley, um, and it was really there that I learned how to invest. Um, and uh, from there, I went to a hedge fund where I was arbitraging volatility, kind of like uh, it's uh, basically insurance on stocks. Mm. And um, was did that through the financial crisis. And in uh, 2010, opened up my own hedge fund called Flotilla Partners. Ran that from 2010 to 2013 until I was just pretty burnt out. Really wanted to travel the world and you know, kind of see more than just kind of Silicon Valley and places that I visited in the United States. Um, so when I got that job at GMC Innovator Fund to, to travel, it was just an absolute blessing uh, to get paid to do, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. So, That's awesome. um, That's awesome. you That's know, a I huge think, blessing, think, a huge blessing, by the way, huge blessing, like, yeah. you know, so I think from running my own company, you know, working with very successful people, um, and, and, you know, being around people that, you know, invests a lot of money in all different types of asset classes and being able to have, you know, authentic conversations with them over dinner or whatever um, has, has been very beneficial. And I think, um, you know, I think people who meet me and get to talk to me after a while, it's, uh, you know, I get uh, some uh, options to, you know, run various companies. And this was really the first one that you know, I was super passionate about. Do you feel like um, the proximity around the people that you are around, do you think that dramatically shifted your success trajectory? Um, I mean, you know, I think people's network ultimately helps them in all kinds of ways. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I think um, you know, having a good network that you could run ideas by and you know, ask them what they think um, is extraordinarily valuable. Um, you know, I think a lot of people either don't want to share their ideas because they're afraid of someone copying them, which instantly means it's not a good idea. <laughs> um, or I think people are, are embarrassed to share their ideas. Um, but, you know, I think the network I have and then also just, you know, having the ability to reach out to anybody to have a conversation 
in Silicon Valley about, you know, yeah. cutting edge technology is, is a blessing. What are your thoughts on NDAs? Cause you mentioned sharing, sharing ideas. I mean, are NDAs super enforceable? No. Should you have <laughs> one? I mean, I'm not going to tell someone not to have one. If a company sent me an NDA before they sent me their deck, I would have zero interest in looking at that. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like execution is more important than an idea. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, ideas are but, free. Ideas yeah. are abound, you know? Yeah. If you think about if you think about a extremely unique idea, there's typically a hundred people that have already thought about it. Maybe a thousand people that have already thought about it. Right. There's probably fifteen to twenty people kicking the tires, doing some research, talking to people about who have already maybe tried to build it. And there's probably, you know, maybe just a small handful or less of people actually starting to execute and and try to build that idea. So yeah, I feel, I feel people like procrastinate because they're too, they're, they're perfectionists. And so what happens is like, instead of just committing to action, they, they think about it and yeah. that prevents them from starting or even, you know, progressing at a high rate. Yeah. And so like, and, and I think it's a huge problem. Like it's a huge yeah. problem, like with regards to entrepreneurship, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but generally I, when I, when I mentor, you know, I mentor at Google and at, um, um, Alchemist Accelerator, um, and, uh, hold on, my dogs are wilding <laughs> out here. All good. This happens more often than you think, actually, <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to my podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, they have, they have 20 acres that they can play on and they're playing right next to me. Um, what was it saying? Oh yeah. Like when I, you know, when I mentor people, I'm always telling them like, share your idea, man. Like the, the value comes from executing it, right? right. Winning customers, showing real metrics, showing profit, um, you know, an idea. I mean, there's just so many ideas. And you might adjust your idea based on somebody who has experience in your field too. Like if you're not sharing Absolutely. your ideas, you can't adjust based on people's other people's experience as well. Exactly. So can you hear the dogs? I do. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I don't think the listeners will be that think of it that badly. I think, move, I think they won't mind. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing? Come here. Oh my goodness. It's a uh, beautiful day here in Silicon Valley though. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have to come up here one time when you're in the bay definitely but uh i love it that, my that. friend is all of silicon valley That's and it's clear enough here today you can actually see sf but um dude i, I always day. wanted to go to san francisco i haven't been yet but my mom's from san francisco and my uncle's from san francisco and he's been trying to get me to san francisco for like the longest time because it's like it's the most beautiful city you'll ever go to yeah so I'm in the, the San Jose Hills on top of uh, Mount Hamilton and I love it up here. It's so nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. So cool. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have to visit San Jose for sure. Uh, sure. Okay, cool. So let's, let's, okay. So now you went from, you said you went from 30 to 90 employees. Yeah. Uh, what were the, when you became the CEO, uh, yeah. what, what do you attribute that success to? Do you attribute that to, you know, marketing well, advertising or, no, I mean, I don't really consider hiring people necessarily a success. Um, you know, we hired people because we needed 
more engineers um, to build things quicker. And, um, you know, we, once we realized that we weren't just looking at users, but we were also providing a huge benefit to merchants by giving them data, by, um, you know, letting them pay digitally, you know, increasing their lines during rush hour. I mean, all these things, uh, you know, weren't part of our initial thesis. So, um, you know, we were growing simply, I mean, right now, if I could have 500 uh, employees, <laughs> I, I would, I would have it because we can build even quicker and test more ideas and iterate yeah. faster. Um, but you know, I raised a $2 million seed for the company and, um, you know, once we got that going, uh, we, we started hiring more engineers, more UX UI designers, um, and, uh, you know, uh, more employees to, to help us expand our reach. Yeah. You're, you're kind of a gangster, man. You came in, rose $2 million, grew the company from 30 to 90 employees. You say that's not really a measure of success, but you know, growing a team and keeping a team is definitely a difficult endeavor for sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's definitely difficult, but you know, if we go IPO, we will be a success. I think in the eyes of uh, the C-level executives, um, and really, I mean, that's how I built the culture. So, um, you know, we're moving towards that goal. Yeah. Uh, we originally set it for 2022, maybe 2023, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're measuring up our success against. And then, you know, we're kind of looking at triple bottom line as well. So, you know, we want to be able to take this company public, build a sustainable business that can last for a long time. We also want to be able to say, hey, look, we have multiple people that we've, um, you know, helped um, empower economically yeah. and that, you know, we've, um, you know, made an impact in the world. Um, I was just speaking at the, the World Economic Forum and, um, you know, talking about the future of work. And, you know, if you think about it uh, in the future, um, everyone's going to, you know, be uh, being taken care of by robots and AI. It's going to be doing all the work that we don't want to do today. And it's yeah, going to unleash a tremendous amount of, um, of, uh, of uh, human creativity. Um, and, you know, Leica is the, the bet that people are going to want to follow their passions and be compensated for it. And, um, you know, you look at a company like Facebook, you know, I think they're making like 33 billion a quarter. Jeez. That means they're making like a billion dollars a day. Um, you know, I just think that it's insane. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely, absolutely insane that everyone is just like, oh, here, Facebook, here's our most valuable assets. Here's my data. I think people but are becoming more aware of it. I think people are becoming more aware of it because of yeah, you know, for sure. Congress and stuff like that. You know, uh, Mark, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg being interviewed, you know, at Congress. I think people are definitely um, becoming more aware. But, but, yeah. and, and I think that there's a huge need in the marketplace, I think, because people, you know, they, they don't want their information shared, but they also want to get paid for their activity online too, which right. is amazing. So, yeah. so, so, so if I'm an advertiser, as a, speaking as an advertiser, and I yeah. want to invest in micro-influencers, yeah. uh, do I, would I invest in the merchants or would I invest in just the people that are using the platform? 
you would invest in the people using the platform. Just everyone. So let's gotcha. say, let's just say, for example, you own, you know, restaurants in Manila. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You're, t- you're, if, you know, a year ago, you're taking predominantly cash, maybe so- very, very few credit card transactions, if any, um, your lines are slow because you got people counting cash to pay and then you got your cashiers counting change. And it's just this, I mean, I know it doesn't really take that long, but when you think about how quick a QR code is, yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't compare. It's literally, you know, 10 X faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, now all of a sudden it, it, in 2020, you can hit us up and say, Hey, we want to know the birth dates of all of our customers um, that have paid using Leica over the last year. You know, we can show them that data or they can say, Hey, we want to know uh, influencers that have over a hundred thousand uh, followers um, with, within Manila we can show them that you know you do like just like maybe like is there a a bare minimum that they have to target like so do they have to target people that have uh five thousand followers or ten thousand no they can do ten thousand above they get you know let's say they open up a new restaurant they say hey we want to anyone that's within you know five miles we want to target them done dude that's awesome so so you could you could say i want to target people with 200 followers yep Dude, that's awesome. And this is like actually a point I, you said, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, he, this is a point that Gary Vaynerchuk made with restaurants. Mm-hmm. I remember he made this point and he was like, look, you can go, you can invite people with like 500 followers to a thousand followers to your restaurant and then have them take a picture and then promote it Yeah, uh, in, in the area. And it's yeah. like hundred percent. It's a freaking phenomenal idea. Yeah. You know, like I said, like you don't need to, this idea that you have to have millions of followers to be an influencer is absurd. You know, if and some, some of people, those, a lot of those guys are weird anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I've met a lot of them, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and narcissistic to say the least, but oh, yeah, that's some a whole other conversation are so strange, bro. Like, yeah. Whole nother anyways, conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whole nother conversation. But yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I, I really think this, mo- this idea of having a hundred true fans, you know, that, that love you, you know, maybe you post inspirational quotes, maybe you post pictures of cars and they like it too. You know, I mean, there's, there's all these micro influencers and, um, that value, that promotional value has yet to be be unlocked in my opinion. I think so. It's, it's, it's the same concept as like, I don't know if you're familiar with like WFG or like, I don't want to like, you know, they may have like a good or bad reputation. I don't, it doesn't matter. What matters is like the, the concept of like tap rooting. Have you, yeah. heard of, have you heard of like tap rooting? It's the same concept and it like, it, it grows companies so quickly. Um, yeah. So, so can you, can you go, can you talk a little bit more about that specific thing for companies to grow? Like, cause I want to provide as much value to the audience, but like, how do you, get these how can companies grow by using this concept of going after micro influencers because it's a win-win right micro influencers aren't going to charge like a ton of money like the people with millions of followers um and at the same time uh the micro influencers have a way to earn money that is satisfactory to them right yeah so so what do you recommend reaching uh, on uh, regarding reaching out to these micro influencers for a company to grow um well i think you need to be able to figure out like who your number one fans are Mm -hmm. right and then you need to be able to decide like what what do you want them to do 
or how can you influence them? Right. Are you just sharing knowledge with them and they're paying you for it? Um, are you inspiring them and they're paying for, for it? Are you giving them company advice? Um, you know, it really depends on, I guess the type of business, you know, we, cause we have companies that accept like pay that are, uh, you know, Zomato, the largest, uh, food delivery company, you know, we have dentists, we have gas stations, we have, uh, taxi drivers, we have, you know, lots of restaurants, um, you know, we have tourist, uh, attractions. So, you know, they all use the data a little bit differently and they're all reaching out to people and, you know, interacting with them in different ways. So one example is, you know, people want to do a survey to figure out like, do people really like this? You know, instead of wasting a bunch of money launching a product and it failing, I wanted to talk to people that already had these specific likes and figure out, you know, if these people would, would be interested in this new product. Um, we've had other ones where they do a restaurant opening, right? So they want to find people that love the restaurant in other locations, tell people in the new location, hey, this is opening up. You know, we think it'd be really cool if you showed up. Um, sometimes they'll actually want micro-influencers to show up, kind of do the example that you mentioned. You bring 100 influencers in, they take a picture, and all of a sudden you have like a half a million people that know about your products. Um, That's legit. So, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, data is just so valuable, right? I mean, obviously using data to change people's opinion about, you know, voting for different political candidates, something I'm not really interested in. Um, you know, we're really more interested in giving people a platform to follow what they're passionate about and then giving them an easy way to accept payment from their customers, from advertisers, from people who want to do surveys, and from a host of other ways that, you know, we're testing ideas of, of how people can also monetize uh, money in different ways. I love that. I love that. So, okay. So know your audience. That's, that's a very important thing. Know your yep. audience. So, but like, so if I know my audience, like, yep. do I target people that are that micro influencers that are part of that demographic? And I'm going to assume that their friends are all part of that demographic too, or am I, or how, how does that, how does that work? Or, or are you looking for like people that are actually trying to promote themselves and have a specific demographic? Like, yeah, I mean, there's a couple ways to do it. You can start with like, let's say, okay, these are the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah. Uh, maybe they, they've never been to the restaurant. They eat out a lot. They eat out at competing restaurants, you know, and then you work backwards and say, okay, the influencers, that target this demo, you know, let's, let's work on getting them out there and maybe set and maybe ha giving them. So another great thing since we, we do payments, right. You can actually give influencers say a hundred bucks each to show up and make sure that they give away that hundred dollars to other people. And once that task is complete, you can either pay them, um, or you can give them some kind of, maybe give them a free dinner or something like that. Um, so there's, there's really, I mean, it's really unlimited on how to do this. So, so you either find influencers that already like your brand and haven't spread to their customers, or you find customers who fit the demographic of yeah. your customers and then target influencers that can, that can go after them. So, or, you go so just direct, or you just go directly at them and say, hey, we're opening up a new restaurant. Here's 10 bucks off. So if I, if I, if I target a micro-influencer, right? 
Yeah. Are you, are you, you're going to give me demographics on their following too, right? You're going to, you're going to give me. I the, mean, we're, what we do is we work with our clients Yeah. and ask them kind of what they're trying to accomplish. And then we, we look at the data and. Oh, okay. Cause help, you want to, yeah, you want to protect help the data. them achieve yeah. their business objectives. Yeah. I got right? it. I love um, that. I think giving the data out is a little bit reckless. Yeah. Um, right. Users are trusting us to monetize their data. Um, so we work with partners to, to make that happen. Okay, cool. So you've grown quite, quite fast. Um, and you know, you obviously you want to go faster. You want to get to 500 employees, which is great as well. Um, what are you, I want to get the, uh, 50,000 employees. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I love the ambition, man. Not everybody's like that. Some people are like, yeah, I'm good with, you know, what I have, you know, and yeah. uh, I don't, re- I don't really resonate with people that want to consistently grow. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, there's business owners, successful business owners that don't want to grow. Yeah. Which is, which is, I feel like, I don't know like why they wouldn't want to grow. I feel, I yeah. feel like you're either growing or dying. Right. Yeah. So, but um, which is great. So you've grown. So what, what have you learned in that process? And what, and, and then I want to go into some of the challenges you've had too, because I think everybody, yeah. everybody loves hearing the rosy stories of like the, you've yeah. achieved this level of success and yeah. they see that on Instagram. But I think what would be even more beneficial is like going into the challenges as well. So yeah, first, what have you learned? And the second thing is the challenges that you've had to overcome. Yeah. So, I mean, I could talk about this for days, (laughs) but you know, we first joined, um, you know, there was instantly a bit of a uh, culture shock, um, you know, with kind of me having, you know, been in Silicon Valley predominantly my whole life and, you know, working with uh, uh, the Philippines and with Hong Kong. Um, So resetting the culture was one of the first things um, that I had to do. Um, as I said, we went from 30 to 90. It wasn't in a straight line. Um, you know, you kind of grow a little bit and then you kind of, you know, uh, see who's not a good fit and, and, you know, keep improving the team, um, you know, every day, every week. Uh, so culture was, a, was a big shock in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, just implementing a lot of our ideas, you know, some of our original ideas, um, after we tested them, uh, you know, didn't quite work out. And, you know, I think the biggest one was, you know, we were very focused on, you know, getting end users on the platform and advertisers to, you know, shoot at them. But once we realized the data that we were collecting on the users, we, we realized how valuable it actually was to the merchants. You know, that was one of our biggest, our biggest findings um, and really changed the way that, you know, we operate um, the entire company. Um, and you know, it was a big change having the ability to pay for things digitally all of a sudden is a pretty big game changer. And, you know, we're working with the government over there so that we can eventually, you know, pay people's utility bills and, um, you know, pay their taxes, you know, all through the app. And eventually, you know, there's really no reason why, you know, this can't be, kind of a remote control for people's lives, you know, they, they go on it to work. Um, you know, they engage their audience, uh, they earn their living, they use it to pay for bills and for food and for taxes. And, um, you know, uh, the, the opportunity is endless. 
That's awesome. Um, okay. And then, so let's go into like the biggest challenges you've had in this. Yeah. So, so let's start from like early stages, right? So yeah, I think it was the culture. I mean, that, that was the biggest change. You know, if I call someone and it's, you know, six 30, you know, PM in, in Silicon Valley, it's a little bit of expected that you're going to pick up the phone. You know, I try not to call people at 6 30 PM, but <laughs> sometimes when you're working with a distributed global team, you know, you need to be able to get a hold of people at different times. And, you know, uh, you know, so I think the, the culture was definitely the biggest challenge that we had to face and coming in and, you know, giving people clear KPIs and giving people equity in the company and making sure that, you know, our employees are owners, um, you know, I think, I think was the biggest challenge. And the rest of it, honestly, it's, it's really just testing ideas, um, you know, seeing if they work having honest conversations about, okay, if we don't hit this metric, you know, we have to be honest and say, hey, this doesn't work and we move on and go do something else. Um, obviously, we see a lot of the challenges that a lot of the uh, other uh, social media platforms are having. So we've, um, you know, really made it a point to address those issues. So obviously mental illness, loneliness, depression, anxiety, a lot of that is caused from having a very, you know, narcissistic uh, social media world um, and you know, the world really needs empathy, right? Which is the opposite of, of narcissism. Uh, so, you know, we made it a point to have, uh, to, you know, really research neuroplasticity and, you know, how that affects the brain. And, you know, we, we've made it a point to put positive affirmations, oh, um, and yeah. give people the opportunity to do imagery and, um, you know, work with people, uh, to, you know, try to combat that. And we have a lot to learn still. But, um, you know, I think giving people positive message on a positive messages on a daily basis is, is this a lot better than, you know, people following Facebook and reading all the scariest news and clickbait that that's out there. That's true. It's um, kind of like you're, you're, you, you know, you're, you're putting in this, this really bad content in your mind consistently and it kind of subconsciously affects you in your daily yeah. life. And it's not, it's not ideal, you know, it's not ideal, you know, yeah. and, the, and the biggest problem is that, you know, people want to click on clickbait headlines and a lot of them are salacious and negative. And if you just read that constantly over and over and over again, yeah, you're going to be depressed. You know, but if, if, you know, you can read positive, um, affirmations or, you know, do positive imagery, um, if you can meditate, you know, if you can be more, um, you know, emotionally intelligent, you know, you can control your mind. You can, you know, think more positively. You can be more grateful for the things that you do have. And, you know, we're really trying to push that on our platform. Um, because we believe it's important and, and it's the right thing to do. Do you, do you feel that's how you addressed the cultural, the cultural issue? Like, were you able to just kind of bring a lot of benefit to your workforce? And because of that, that helped a lot or, um, I mean, I think, I think, you know, there, before I got there, there was, this, there was obviously just a different culture. You know, there was no one from Silicon Valley on the team. Um, know it, it was still you know they weren't getting track the traction that they they wanted um, or needed to raise capital um, and all of a sudden this guy comes in and you know changes everything right so what did you um, change what did you change let's, let's start with that so I mean I made everyone owner to start with so they all have equity and that means wow. you know what some weekends some late nights we're gonna have to work because right. you know we have a deadline 
and you know um you know i don't ask them to uh you know give me deadlines that they can't meet but sometimes things come up that are unexpected and you know a, a project they thought they can complete in a month is now all of a sudden going to take two and a half months uh but maybe we have a meeting you know two months out so you know, all that means is, is we got to grind on, you know, later in the day and yeah. sometimes on the weekends. Were there some people um, that, that didn't fit that culture and they quit? Not, not at all. Yeah. Not some all. people, some people didn't fit that culture and we just yeah. had an honest conversation with them and said, Hey, look, like, you know, the expectations are different now, you know, before they, we were doing completely different ideas actually. Now we have this grand vision, you know, we can be the economic empowerer uh, to billions of people and I truly believe that and um, you know it's gonna take hard work and, and sacrifice to get there so getting our team all on the same page you know hmm. making sure the compensation packages were aligned with our goals and our ambitions um, you know that was the biggest challenge and then once we got everyone on the same page and kind of running towards our KPIs um, you know things have been smoother you know like they, they've they can always be even more smooth um but you know we're we're developing things a lot quicker and um you know i think there's there's been a realignment in hey if you say you're gonna do it in this time you know you need to get it done you know we we have a under promise over deliver culture um so or over promise over deliver <laughs> Well, when, when, if someone is over promising and under delivering, you know, that's, it's never a good, a good look. So, um, you know, we really try to work with realistic expectations and, you know, under promise over deliver UPOD. It's the classic acronym of, of yeah. success. What, what, like, so in the, in that scenario, when people are not, uh, fulfilling the expectations that you set, yeah what, how are you holding them accountable? Um, and would you say most people agree with you or most people disagree with you in the entrepreneurial, uh, in your entrepreneurial path? Uh, kind of a hard question, huh? Yeah, it is a hard question. <laughs> I mean, I think communication is just such an underrated skill, um, especially with distributed teams. And, um, you know, I think all, all people that lead companies are going to be doing it differently based on their uh, situations, based on their team, based on their business. Um, so I, I think it'd be hard to get like a, a black or white, like, oh, they agree with me. They don't agree with me. Um, but, you know, we, I'm a big believer in writing out smart goals. Um, I'm not sh sure if you're through with that style. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. Strength, strength weakness, yeah. There you go, yeah. And, um, you know, we have aggressive KPIs that we've written out for people and, you know, we, we check in, you know, I'm not, I'm not a micromanager. I'll check in, you know, once a month, every two weeks, something like that. And, and see where there might be issues. And I'll personally try to help them, you know, remove those barriers. And, um, you know, I try to give people updates on, on what I'm doing so that we, you know, keep the morale, morale high and, and understand, you know, we, we, we appreciate our successes, um, but understand that we have this end goal that we're all working towards. Um, and yeah, in the beginning, some people were just, they weren't, they wanted just a peer nine to five. And, you know, this isn't a nine to five business. Um, 
So, so, uh, so, so just to be clear for the audience, uh, you know, who's listening, smart goals is a specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based, right? That's correct. Yeah. So specific. And you, and you base all of your actions on that, uh, mnemonic, uh, uh, word. Yeah. We basically have, you know, high level, um, company goals and yeah. then we break down those company goals, uh, by each division and basically work backwards so that, you know, we could get to where we want to be. Um, you know, our overall company goals are like 30 to 50% higher than what I think we can actually achieve. But, um, you know, it's always surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't think you can do something and usually you end up being right. And you set these kind of, um, you know, big targets and it's incredible how teams work together and reach them. So uh, a couple of our targets we're absolutely just crushing right now. Um, but there's other, other areas that, you know, we got some holes and we're working to address those. Was there ever a point in time where you weren't close to your target at all and oh, you, yeah. you overcame <laughs> that and you were like, Holy shit, we pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's been a couple meetings that I've had where, yeah. You know, we were, we were down for maintenance and, um, you know, they pulled it together and, and they got there. But I think more off, I think, you know, there's definitely surprises and there's definitely times we pull it off. But, you know, we've definitely had some failures where, you know, I've had to reschedule meetings or, you know, I wasn't able to uh, show people the actual app. I had to just show them my deck. I mean, this was a while ago, but, um, you know, those, those experiences – really kind of led to the, the cultural reshuffle, you know, because if I'm talking to, um, you know, a potential investor or a potential board member and I tell them that I'm going to show them the app and, you know, the meeting comes around and the app's under maintenance or whatever, you know, that's a, that's a bad look. Um, True. So, so are you, yeah, I mean, those are just startup, startup stories though, you know, it's like those, those things happen. What, what, like on a daily basis, like for somebody listening to this podcast that wants to scale their company, what are things that you're currently doing on a, on a daily basis that are helping you become successful? I feel like habits make the biggest difference, but are there certain things you do like every day that, that cause you to, to mm. achieve a level of success or are you just like, you just love it so much. It's just, you just, yeah. you just ingrain yourself in it. I mean, I do love it. I mean, I'm completely obsessed with this company and, and constantly working towards, you know, uh, getting more media, um, you know, winning awards that are, are mostly just, you know, for vanity. Um, but then also, I'm, you know, really pushing my team to, you know, get more merchants onto the platform, get more users. You know, I'm pushing my engineering team to make things look better, work smoother, um, you know, can we do this with less clicks? Can we make payments even quicker? Um, you know, there's over a hundred million people in the Philippines, you know, can we scale to that size? You know, once we leave the Philippines and start going over the rest of Southeast Asia, you know, what kind of things do we be thinking about? So I'm constantly coming up with, you know, questions and, and ideas. And then we're constantly, you know, testing these, these things and, and trying to figure out the, the answers. Um, so it's just a process and it's just, it's just a constant cycle of, you know, we have the, we have a thesis, let's test it. Okay. We were either right or wrong. Would we learn from it? Do we need to scratch this feature or, or idea or, you know, do we look, get some key insight, um, so that we could actually make it better and, and include it.
So well, on a daily basis, I mean, I'm just, you know, for, for my role, you know, I'm obviously, I don't even talk to my team on a daily basis. I talk since I'm in Silicon Valley, they're in um, Manila and Hong Kong. You know, I, I talk to kind of more of like the C-level executives, um, you know, every day, every other day. Um, but I don't even, it's not like I'm micromanaging them. I mean, they, it's very clear in the whole organization what people are doing to reach our 2020 goals, which will then lead into our 2021 goals, which will then lead into hopefully a late IPO in 2022. Um, so for me on a daily basis, I'm really working on, you know, presentations, speeches. Um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to raise a, a Series A round. Um, you know, we want to raise about 20 million on a $200, excuse me, $200 million post valuation. So, um, you know, I'm really focused on fundraising and then, you know, we'll win awards here and there. So I'll go give speeches, um, and stuff like that. And then honestly, I'm actually sharing our idea with some of the brightest people I can find in Silicon Valley, um, talking to them about, you know, maybe how they built LinkedIn or Snapchat or Facebook, um, or, or, you know, some of these other great. Uh, social media platforms and trying to get key insights from them so we don't make the same mistakes or you know maybe they can give us some advice on certain ideas that we can test to kind of get to where we want to be going faster um interesting that's, what, that's how, do, how do you stay so focused like so a lot of people are going to be asking like okay so you have to be extremely focused yeah you have to have extremely high standards to be able to pull off what you're trying to pull off yeah and so what is energizing that aspect of what you're trying to do? Well, I mean, you know, I get probably a dozen messages every single day of people telling me how much they love Leica. And, you know, they'll send me pictures of a meal that, that was completely paid from just them posting on social, you know, on, on our platform. Um, we'll get businesses that tell me, you know, they've increased their revenue by, you know, 20, 30% because now their lunch line and dinner lines go so much quicker. Um, so for me, I, what's motivating is, is the impact. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I did the hedge fund thing and my impact on society was providing liquidity to hedge funds. <laughs> um, so, you know, now I'm in a role where, you know, people that, um, you know, I mean, this, this one girl it made 200 bucks last month, um, on the, on the platform and she makes, you know, 150 bucks a month from her job. And, and, you know, I'm excited for her to make 300 bucks a month. You know, it's going to take a little while to get there, but you know, the impact of this business is what really, you know, gets me motivated. And then just as like a, on like a personal, you know, how do I say so focused, you know, one thing that's really helped me is, kind of these four daily routines that I do, you know, in the morning, it's, it's kind of imagining success, you know, imagining what it's going to feel like, what it's going to smell like, what it's going to sound like. What, is, you know, what does it feel like and, and sound like? And, and what it, it sounds, like? it sounds like the NASDAQ opening bell is what it sounds like, <laughs> you know, and That's just awesome. like, you know, I've always watched the, the market open and, you know, so I've seen every single day, day after day, companies ringing the bell and, um, you know, that always motivates me in the morning. Um, and, uh, you know, so in the morning I do some, um, some imagery stuff and then, uh, kind of throughout the day I take little breaks and do, you know, positive affirmations. Uh, I do the Ray Lewis ones on iTunes. Phenomenal. Um, and then, 
Um, you know, towards the end of the day, I'm always writing down, okay, tomorrow, what are the three biggest things I can accomplish that'll make the biggest impact on Leica? And, you know, once I'm done kind of with my morning um, errands and whatnot, you know, I just focus 100% on those three things. And, nice. um, you know, what it does is it basically allows me to say, okay, this isn't in my top three. Yeah. You know, something like that isn't going to get done. And if it never makes it into the top three, you know, those are the things that I don't finish. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought that like entrepreneurs are going to change the world. Yeah. Um, there, it's, there, there's, no, there's no argument outside of that, that yeah. uh, regarding the, the change in, in what will happen in, the, in this universe, yeah. uh, in this world. And, uh, and so like what you're doing essentially is you're, you're actually making everyone around you an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, you, so, and yes. so, so it's like exponential growth, exponential impact, exponential, yes. you know, so it's like, yes, like this tidal wave of, yeah. Uh, so my, my like Yeah. So my like a, a handle is work like a boss, you know, and I, I really believe that, you know, if you're following your passion, and you are your own boss. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like the ultimate goal for a lot of people. And I think especially, uh, you know, for women that, you know, there's a, there's obviously a pay, pay gap in the United States. There's obviously a pay gap in, in other countries as well. You know, I think this is going to be, you know, helping people, you know, literally change their lives. If they put in the time and effort uh, to build their, you know, hundred super fans or, you know, their authentic communities. Absolutely. So, um, let me ask you, let me ask you this question. So you talked a little bit about NASDAQ, right? And, yeah. and so the NASDAQ uh, is obviously a, what every company wants to be on, what every, uh, the, the yeah. stock exchange that every company wants to be on. Um, now there's a level below that, which is the OTC markets. Are you trying to avoid the OTC markets at all costs? I mean, I would never say never. Um, but you know, our goal is to go, go public on the NASDAQ. You know, I think if, if we couldn't go on the NASDAQ, I mean, we can go probably to Hong Kong or Canada. Um, I don't think we would need to go to OTC um, unless we go public and stock tanks and we're forced to. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So I want to ask you this last quick question. So, so, um, you said you, you, the impact you're making, you're making everybody an entrepreneur. Essentially, that's that's the the goal that you have, and that's essentially what's being, um, uh, you know, broadcasted to the universe when with your company is like we want to make you an entrepreneur. Do yeah. you feel now? There's certain levels of on there. There's certain uh, there's levels of entrepreneurship. So at the very low end, you know, you have people that want to make you know a few hundred dollars a, a month. Do you feel at any level of entrepreneurship, anyone can accomplish that level. Yeah, I do. I really do. You do. You know, I think that's not a, con- that's, it's not common these days. For I know it's not common. I mean, I, yeah. it, 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 will it be common? No. Do I think anybody can do it? I think with the right training, I think, I think all this like influencer crap that is on uh, Instagram <laughs> and stuff like that is pretty BS. But, you know, I think if people actually learn things that, you know, I always, I always think of knowledge is, is like on a scale. It's like some knowledge you learn and it's a truth forever, right? Mathematics, finance, yeah, yeah. you know, derivatives, yeah. you know, there's other knowledge that dies, 
you know, it's just, it's like, you know, you hear about traffic today, you know, that knowledge is useless tomorrow. Right. You know, so I think if people have a a mind shift where they're going to focus on knowledge that they could use for decades, that kind of knowledge not only compounds on itself, but it also compounds your wealth since you're now given, you, you understand that there's no magic formula. There's no magic bullet. It's really, you have an idea, you test it. Execute daily. Execution, execution, execution. You have an idea, you test it. If it works, you double down. If it doesn't work, you get rid of it. You, you've now failed quickly and you've learned and you move on to the next thing. And I feel it needs to be preached more now, more now than ever that yeah. you, anybody can become an entrepreneur and they can, you can succeed at any level that you want to, um, yeah. because, because, you know, statistics show that 70, 80%, 90% of people hate their jobs. Yeah. So in this day and age, when you have so much opportunity, yeah. why would you stick to a job that you hate and that makes you miserable, that affects your family, that affects your health, that affects everything around you? Makes like, no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. And like, you know, and that's awesome. That, that's what I like about your company is that you're providing everyone an opportunity to go, okay, yeah. I, I want to make something of myself. I want to build, uh, build, build my whatever I will build my, yeah. plans, build my life, change my life, whatever the case may be. And that's, that's, that's freaking awesome. And I always respect people that provide an opportunity like that to other people because yeah. it's not, it's not preached enough. It is being preached more that you can go out you can do your own thing but it's yeah. not being preached enough. Now it can get like, you can, it can get a little scammy, you know, where like people are like, if you're, if your target market is, um, you know, uh, employees and you're trying to sell them like a $50,000 course on how to start a business or something, yeah. that's not cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't believe in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but. So another, another great thing that we built into Leica is that, you know, it's not just that you, you don't like images or content or anything like that. You actually rate, uh, rate them from basically one to five. And, you know, content that gets fives, you know, we keep showing that content. Content that gets ones, it gets phased out real quick. So the best content gets shared the most. And the content gets shared the most, those people get paid the most. So, What's interesting is that, you know, sometimes people will come on and they kind of think this is like Instagram, you know, and they'll be like, oh, follow for follow, like for like, or, you know, all this like scammy stuff, but no one likes that type of content. So that kind of, that type of content gets taken down real quick and, you know, beautiful content, well executed content, you know, great videos, those content, the content that gets liked, that's the kind of stuff that gets, gets shown more. And you know, I think if Instagram had that rating system on their ads, they would be showing a lot less ads. Um, you know, for us, you know, we want our advertisers to, you know, share authentic messages with our content creators because our content creators are creating authentic communities. And, you know, that, that alignment is is very important to us otherwise as you mentioned you start getting these like you know really low quality content of people just like begging for likes or follows or none of that stuff none of that stuff is important to me sure if somebody's listening to this if somebody's listening to this and they want to start their own entrepreneurial path how would they yeah. where would they go would they would go to mylica.com 
Yeah, I mean, if they want to, if they're in the Philippines right now, because that's the only place that we've launched in, um, they can go to mylika.com and get more information. It's available in the Google Play Store and on iOS. Um, and I'm pretty active on uh, social media as well. Um, so I'm sure they can find me either on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I got it all. Awesome, brother. Hey, um, all right, cool. So I have something to ask you. Thank you so much, man. This is awesome podcast. I think people are going to get a ton of value out of this.